Warning, this show contains movie spoilers and swearing. This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Damn me. What an ingenious contraption. What are you doing? What, what do you think you're doing? We better get out of here before they see us. Wait a minute, you're not seriously gonna try to fly this thing, are you? You don't know how. If you can fly a soft with camel, you can fly anything. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dude Looks Like the 80s. I'm your host, I'm Jamie Creedy, and for bonus episode number six, I've been asked by Mr. Dan Bone from the podcast on Haunted Fields, a friend and listener. He's asked me if I could cover the adventure movie Biggles in Time from 1986. I've gone absolutely not a problem at all, we can do that. In fact, that's one of my favourite movies from the 80s. So let's get into this one guys, let's play the trailer and I will be back soon. Don't have the correct time. It's eleven sixteen exactly. Must be a mistake, it should have happened by now. Bigglesworth. My friends call me Biggles. Jim, Ferguson. Come on! Hey, what the hell are we doing here? What's going on? You mean that was 1917? Time travel is not unknown in history. Why me? I think Biggles is your time twin. You again? I want some answers. Quick, untie us! Get us out of here before they start realizing you're not a god, you're just an American. This is getting crazy. Debbie, stay away. You gotta stay away. Come on, Ferguson. I told you I keep going back to 1917. Where'd you come from? I have no idea. It's that hole in time. It keeps happening to me. Apparently, the hole in time goes both ways. It opens when one or the other is in mortal danger. Do you want to be a hero? Hero! 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 H
And welcome back guys, so you just heard the trailer, pretty cool trailer from 1986, covers a lot of the movie there. And man, Biggles, man, what can I say about Biggles, what a movie, what an adventure movie. I went to go and see this when I was about nine years old, my mum took me with my sister during the school holidays. I think we saw a trailer for on it for Saturday morning TV and I was very excited to go and see this film and you could probably hear by my voice I wasn't disappointed. Left a mark on me. On top of all the other things I was watching at that time, Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, it just goes on and on and on and you know, surrounded by heroes you know and it's it was just such a cool time. But putting that nostalgia aside is a great bit of nostalgia. Let's have a look at this film. So when you look at this movie, um, to start with, let's have a look at the music. You know, <laughs> Here we go. RJ's talking about the music on a movie again. Um, so you have John Anderson from the progressive rock band Yes, who you probably know from a song called Owner of a Lonely Heart. He was involved with this movie. You also had John Deacon from Queen. So when you amalgamate those two, this is this is how you end up with a soundtrack like this from this movie. And just to top that, you also had the um, singer Stanislas, um, who helped with the score of this music. So there you go. There's your start for ten for this music. They got the music right. Also. They were going to make Biggles a straight action movie like Raiders of the Lost Ark because obviously the characters um, from the W.E. John novels, um, adventure novels, I haven't read the books, but um, they do have a Indiana Jones style to them. And I think he's based on a real um, character from World War One. But then you had a little movie called Back to the Future came, that came out, did very well. 88 miles per hour! Um, so that with Rage of the Lost Ark, two big movies from the 80s. The producers or the director thought, let's, let's go for an amalgamation of those two. And that's how you ended up with a film like Biggles. So you've got the time travel, you've got the adventure. And they've put that all into a pot. And... Even though the film didn't do very well, it's <laughs> for me it's still a really good movie. And whilst we're on it, let's add a little bit of trivia in here. There's quite a bit of trivia to this movie. It was actually filmed, part of it was filmed in Betting Gasworks. We'll get to that later on with the part with the um, sound machine. It's the same location where they filmed Full Metal Jacket. Um, it's the end scene with the sniper. Uh, you've also got a little helicopter in this, which is a Bell Jet Ranger. And if anybody's seen the movie The Thing, <laughs> I haven't seen it. 
But uh, the Bell Jet Ranger, the helicopter is the same helicopter for the RJ McCready 1982 version of the thing. There you go, I've done it again. I've mentioned John Carpenter. There you go, JC always turns up. So anyway, look, putting that aside, let's not bring John Carpenter into this. We'll have to leave that for a, a couple of episodes in the future. Um, let's have a look at the synopsis for this movie. So, daring British World War I fighter pilot James Bigglesworth and the 1980s low-level business executive Jim Ferguson discover that they are time twins. And between them, they try to stop the Germans from changing the outcome of World War I. There you go, there's a synopsis. It's a PG, it's for 108 minute running time. It's an adventure sci-fi action movie. And let's have a look at the film director for this. It's John Hugh. Um, he's done a little movie called Escape and Return to Witch Mountain, which some of you may know of. It's a pretty cool movie. I think that's from the 70s. Also, a really scary Disney movie. <laughs> really scared the hell out of me. There's uh, Watcher in the Woods. Uh, and it's a Disney movie. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Don't watch it in the dark. It's starring Neil Dixon. He's uh, known. He's done a lot of TV work. Turns up in a lot of period dramas. Alex Hyde White. He's he didn't go on to do a lot after this. He's known for a Fantastic Four movie from 1990. I think Ricky Morgan covered that on the Howling Power Hour podcast. Go check that out. And Peter Cushion, man, what a legend! The the Hammer legend is in this movie. Isn't it? And unfortunately, this was actually his final movie. But, you know, a good movie to go out on. God bless him. So let's have a look at this movie. So the film starts with this awesome soundtrack. And you know what? I played it at the start of this podcast. I'm going to play a little clip again. Get a load of this soundtrack. So there you go. That If that doesn't catapult you into this movie and say, here we go, jump on board. We're going for an adventure for the next hour and a half. I don't know what else will, but there you go. Right. I'll, I'll, I'm getting on that nostalgia again. I'll leave that. I'll leave that aside. Right. So the film starts with Jim Ferguson, uh, who is Alex Hyde White. He's a executive for a catering establishment called, I think it's Celebrity Dinners or something like that. And, you know, at the start of the movie, he's a bit of an uptight sort of character. He's heavily involved in his business, which is fair enough. Um, gets dropped off by his girlfriend, and he's uh, rehearsing for a, a big open day of his business. And as he's doing this, all of a sudden, he gets some lightning come down, and he gets taken back to World War One. I. I think he's in France or something like that. So a biplane flies over, it crashes, he rescues the pilot, and it's our hero of the movie, it's Biggles. And Jim is saying, what the hell's going on? And as he rescues Biggles, he just goes back. He goes back to his own time in in New York. So back in New York, Jim goes, he's preparing for his um, big open day. And this is where you meet the character. Uh, we mentioned him before on the podcast. It's William Hookins. And you will know him or you might know him from his Red Six from Star Wars. 
Um, he's in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's one of the um, the government officials who speaks to Indy at the beginning of the movie. So he's one of those characters that turns up a lot. He's a pretty cool character in this. He's quite funny. So then you've got the big open day. You've got a, it's a typical sort of 80s sort of moment, bit of 80s music in the background. Jim's all suited up for his big day. And as he's talking, as he's trying to sell his product, all of a sudden that lightning comes down again. He gets sent back in time to World War One, and he ends up in a biplane with Biggles. And you get this scene here. You again? What the deuce are you doing in my plane? I don't know. You're assigned to the wrong plane. This may be a one-way mission. What do you mean, one way? The Germans have a new weapon, one that caused me to crash. I'm going to try and take another photograph. They may try to use the weapon against us. Make yourself useful. There's a helmet in the cockpit. Biggles, I have to talk to you. Don't talk. Look. Look for what? And this is where you introduce to our antagonist um, von Stein who I think is probably based on a character like the Red Baron in real life so Jim has his first taste of um, aerial combat in a sop with camel and they're trying to stop von Stein from shooting them down and you're also introduced to the reason one of the main plots of this movie is Biggles trying to take a picture of a German weapon which is like a sound weapon so he takes a photo, they manage to stop Von Stein, Biggles lands, and as um, as Jim gets out of the plane, you can see he's just starting to get into this now. He's beginning to realise this isn't a bad dream, this is actually happening. He's got the photograph in his hand, he falls off the plane, he goes back to the 80s, and um, he's all battered and bruised and covered in oil, and um, says to his girlfriend, I've got to go to London. So Jim goes to London and he meets up with Commander Raymond, which is played by Peter Cushion. And this is where Commander Raymond explains what's happened and you get this scene here. Now please sit down. I'll get some tea. Uh, forget the tea. Do you mind telling me what the hell's going on here? I've got a business to run. People relying on me. I don't know what the hell you're up to or why. But it has to stop. Do you hear me? I want it to stop. Mr. Ferguson, please don't shout. Why'd you stick me with this? If I had to stick someone with this, as you so eloquently put it, I would not have picked you. Fighting for your country and your life is something you mercifully have never had to do. That's where you're wrong, bud. Last escapade I was on, I was shot at by some black-hooded clown in a German biplane. Von Stalin. It had to be. I want some answers. Now. So Jim is armed up with an army uniform and weapons so he's prepared for when he goes back in time but he doesn't know when that's going to happen so it happens when he least expects it to happen so he's having a shave he's got a towel wrap around him all of a sudden that lightning turns up and he goes back in time and he ends up in a church where Biggles has been captured by von Stein and some German soldiers and he's about to get shot by the firing squad and Jim is dressed up as a nun, so he's in the crowd watching it. You're also introduced to three other characters here, which is 
algae burr in ginger. So Jim has still has his razor, so he switches that on and chucks it into the firing squad and they think it's a grenade, so Biggles managed to escape. Tell her not to move, or you'll be the first to sprout wings. Watch Steyler! I'm not going to put a bullet in your head, old boy, because that's not the way we do business. I like this scene, it's a pretty cool scene. I like the fact that Biggles shows a little bit of mercy in war, that he won't just easily shoot his enemies. Um, he'll give them a fair chance. So yeah, that's, that's a that's a pretty cool part of this movie. I like that. Um, so Jim, he helps Biggles escape and then he goes back to the 80s again. Um, but he goes back dressed up as a nun. <laughs> and this is when Chuck and his girlfriend turn up at a hotel in London and they think he's gone off the board they think he's got some issues so um and obviously they don't believe in what he's saying so chuck gets onto the phone i will play this scene it's quite a funny telephone call from chuck uh, this is dr charles winthrop dinsmore in the lobby uh, i'm a psychiatrist from new york city one of my patients is staying with you and i'm afraid i need a little help with him if you could arrange an ambulance i'd be most grateful He's in room 1231. Oh, and a couple of good, strong attendants, too. Is your patient dangerous? Of course not. No, he's just a little confused. Uh, he's wearing a nun's dress and has a gun. Did you say a gun? Yeah, just a normal big gun. There you go. Just a gun, you know. <laughs> Um, so the police are called and they turn up at the hotel and Jim tries to escape but again he gets the lightning turn up on him and then his girlfriend says grabs him and then she goes back to World War One and they end up in the trenches somewhere in France and they meet up with Biggles and this is where they end up um, in what I called earlier said earlier the uh, Beckton gas works at that location the same location where they use full metal jacket and this is where they find the test site for the sound machine and they come across what looks like an igloo which is like a, a bunker which will protect you they go into the bunker but then they get met by a German soldier they get tied up but then Jim's girlfriend managed to retaliate with the soldiers so she sprays some hairspray in their face and this is where Big Biggles and Algie Bertie and Ginger manage to retaliate. They take on the Germans. They get into the bunker before it activates. That's quite a, quite a harsh scene, actually. I remember when I was nine years old watching this at the cinema. And that German soldier getting killed by the sound machine. And he's sort of starting to melt down. And this is when you're shown how powerful this machine is and how important it is that Biggles needs to stop it. And you get this scene here. They perfected a bloody sound weapon. We've seen enough. Let's go! So they then get pursued by a group of German soldiers. This is where 
Jim picks up a machine gun and he starts to shoot him back. But this time he ends up going back to the 1980s and starts shooting a load of police cars. So he's in big trouble. He tries to escape. He leaves his girlfriend behind. And he's pursued by a police helicopter, which is the Bell Jet Ranger, as I mentioned earlier. He goes to a rooftop and then he's um, rescued by Biggles. So Biggles has now come back into the 1980s and I think that's how it works. It's, if one of them's in trouble, one transport to different time zones. So they manage to escape and they go to Tower Bridge and they meet up with Commander Raymond. Commander Raymond has the aerial photograph developed and and now our heroes have to try and find out a way to get back to World War One, and they do this by commandeering the police helicopter. And this is the scene that I played at the beginning of the show, where Jim says, "Well, you don't know how to fly it," but he gets on the helicopter, and it's pretty cool. You get the music again, the John Anderson music, and you've got Jim hanging off the side of the helicopter by Tower Bridge. And every time I walk by Tower Bridge, I always think of this scene. Um, Biggles says he works out a way to try and get them back and it's almost like he's going to crash the helicopter and this is how he ends up going back in time so they go back to world war one and they come across the sound machine it's just about to activate and on the side of the um helicopter there's a there's a loud speaker or arcader so biggles thinks that it's because it is a sound machine should be able to fight sound with sound somehow it works like that so he puts the mic onto the speaker and you get this scene here, let's play this scene here. I'm going to fly straight into the sound weapon. Turn that voice box up to full power. Hold on. Throw it out. What? The microphone. Throw it out onto the speaker. I'm going to fight sound with sound. Sounds crazy. Hang on, old sport. Pick her up. So there you go guys, pretty cool scene, some proper sort of lightning 80s effects there. They blow it up and um, they've accomplished their mission. Biggles lands a helicopter back at the, um, I think it's like a farmstead where they go to, he meets um, Algie, Bertie and Ginger and he also meets up with his love interest. But Von Stein turns up in his plane, he blows a helicopter up and he shoots um, Biggles' love interest. So in retaliation, Biggles picks up a machine gun and a hand grenade and by fluke he managed to chuck the grenade up in the air. He goes into Von Stein's plane and voila, boom, that's it. He's destroyed as well, so he's taking him on. So all in all, the mission has been accomplished. He's taken out Von Stein, he's blown up the machine. And Jim, I think through the course of the movie, he has grown up a little bit. From the start of the movie, he was a little bit uptight, but now he's become a hero himself. He's helped out Biggles. And he's adapted to it. And Biggles says to him, thanks for your help, Ferguson. And then Jim goes back to the 1980s and he falls into the Thames. He gets rescued by the police out of the Thames and he's about to get arrested. This is where he meets up with Commander Raymond, who vouches for him through showing some military intelligence card. And we're closing to the end of the movie. But before it ends, Jim is about to get married. And just as he's about to put the wedding ring on, <laughs> that lightning turns up and he goes back to somewhere, it looks like somewhere in South America and Biggles is in a big pot with algae, Bertie and Ginger and <laughs> there's a load of natives surrounding them. And there we go, we're going to play one final scene here. 
Get us out of here before they start realizing you're not a god, you're just an American. You know, you guys wouldn't taste too bad with a little saffron. Come on, let's go. You think you guys are in hot water? I was just getting married. This is a hell of a way to start a honeymoon. Hey, Biggles, where are we going? Come on, Ferguson! And that's it, guys. That's a great way to end the movie. It just really opens it up to possibly a sequel. Um, and I've got to mention it earlier. The film didn't do very well. It, it, it had a $7 million budget, but I didn't make much of a return. And you know what? In some ways, I'm glad it didn't have a sequel. I think this movie just deserves to be on its own. It's got everything you need in it. And that end scene, can just it just fires up your imagination. The sequel is... Up in mid, so it didn't really need one. But there you go, great movie. If you haven't seen this film, go check it out. It's just, it's just a fun eighties movie. That's all it is. Is it cheesy? Yeah. Is it fun? Oh, you betcha. And if someone said to me, "Oh, Jay, go make a movie. There's a load of money. Go make a movie." This is a sort of movie I'd make, <laughs> just to let you guys know. Um, and that's about it. I think I've mentioned all the trivia. One little bit I was going to forgot to mention was you had James Fox and Jeremy Irons lined up to play Biggles, but you know what? Neil Dixon's done a great job. He's he reminds me of a actor called Edward Judd, who was in a film called First Men in the Moon, and The Day the Earth Caught Fire. It's one of those old Hammer type actors, but yeah, check him out. He reminds me a lot of Neil Dixon. And just before I close the show, guys, I think this film deserves a remake, um, or not a remake as such, the time travel, but maybe a straight Biggles movie, adventure movie, where that's a fun film, uh, maybe done in the way of something like Skull Island or something like that, with actors like someone like Tom Hiddleston, Benedict Cumberhatch, uh, James McAvoy, or even having all three of those come back, um, one playing Biggles and the others as a sidekick, so something like that. I also think when I watched the um, Stephen Summers' The Mummy films, I thought that Stephen Summers could have done a good um, Biggles-type movie back in the sort of late 90s, early 2000s. So there you go. That's just RJ's fault of the day. And I hope you enjoyed the show, guys. Um, like I say, thanks to everybody's participation on the Facebook page. I will be returning. The next episode is going to be They Live. Um, with Rowdy Roddy Piper, which is a John Carpenter film, as I said earlier. It's about time I reviewed a John Carpenter movie. I'm going to have to do it. So I'm looking forward to doing that. So going to close the show now, guys. Um, and this is what happens, what I said earlier. This is what happens when John Anderson from Yes teams up with John Deacon from Queen. And we've got the song No Turning Back. See you later, guys.